Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Rich Hudson. Hello. And Kirsten Rear. Hello. Hello. Now I thought we'd do another question podcast. People can go over to Twitter, use the hashtag WCGP. Let us know what you're getting on with, what games you're playing, what different thoughts and bits and bobs you have on your mind. And we'll get to things in the coming weeks. Um, so first question from Dawson Poe, who says, do you think the PlayStation strategy of staying quiet is working for them? On the one hand, it builds hype for all the fans to see the console, but it does build up annoyance given the fact that Microsoft have already shown off so much stuff. Um, this, I think, was submitted just before the Ghost of Tsushima thing got out there. Um, but Rich, where do you uh, where do you come down on where, the way that they're sort of playing this year? Playing it quiet works for so long, but now we've seen, as you said, like double the amounts of like Xbox stuff. We've had the gameplay stuff. We've seen the console. Um, now it's kind of like, okay, we need this PlayStation event to be officially confirmed because it still hasn't mm-hmm. been officially confirmed for what is it june 3rd or something it's it's been rumored for so long it was maybe yeah. one in february now it's just in the summer at some point i think because they're still being quiet about it it's like okay you know they've revealed the controller which is really nice but we need to see the rest of it now because it's yeah. only going to be what like you know five six months away before mm-hmm. launch like we should hopefully know about it now so we can actually start saving our pennies <laughs> to buy a ps5 so i think they are taking their sweet time Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's I'm hoping that this reveal event isn't that far away. Yeah, they said that the rollout would mimic the PS4, which is weird because I remember I thought I heard about the PS4 way, way before it came out, but they actually only revealed it at the E3 that it then came out in the holiday. So mm. like there is still a way for them to mimic that stuff. But it because Microsoft have got the jump on them so much, it feels like they're missing something. Um but yeah, Kirsten, what do you think of the way they've been handling it? Yeah, I think like Rich said, that it only works for so long. And I think even though the stuff that Microsoft has revealed, in my opinion, hasn't been great, mm. I think that's what's annoying more is because it's sort of like, oh, really? Like, that's what Microsoft has shown us so far. Like, come on, like, let's see what you've got there. And let's see what, you know, just give us something so that we can at least get, like I said, a bit excited and start saving up the dough and start and be able to pick your option. Because I personally like both Xbox and PS uh, PS4. I don't really have a, a preference i'll play both um mm. but i will want to buy one first compared to the other so at the moment all i've seen is this kind of chunky block of the xbox and it's like well i guess i'm getting the xbox because i don't know what the yeah. playstation looks like yeah it's just you know and i've not seen anything so mm. 
yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's at that. It's it's time now, PlayStation, to to just um, just just let it go. Just let just us know. Just let us know what's going on. Drop some logos. I think for me, yes. um, I yeah, I kind of think that they could have done it a hell of a lot better. You've got such a weird rollout. Like the first mention of it for the PS5 was in the Wired magazine interview. And then they sort of, you know, did a blog post update for the controller. Um, and they've not really, like, we know which projects are coming. We know about Spider-Man 2 and God of War 2 and stuff. But they have, none of that stuff is official. It's just been mentioned in interviews. They haven't, like, put out trailers and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, like, another thing is, like, what do you guys want from a PS5? Do you feel like the PS4 still has so much life in it? Or is it kind of like, are you ready for the next generation? weirdly the thing that i first jumped to whenever i think about the ps5 is please let's have everything that you said will be backwards compatible be backwards mm-hmm. compatible because at the moment there's nothing that i will be getting on launch there's nothing that's releasing at the end of this year that's making me go okay i need to buy uh, a ps5 or i'm gonna pre-order this uh xbox exclusive for pc <laughs> i i, I Sorry? Looking fancy rocks. Got all the fancy rocks on the PS5. Oh, I love the fancy rocks. By the way, I do apologize uh, to the listeners slash viewers if you can hear the uh, the gales outside in Gateshead. It's pretty damn breezy. The banshee. Uh, I don't know how often the video is going to cut back to me just sitting here looking awkward while it's <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize for that. Boiling um, over. I, I'm, just, I'm just waiting to see if there's something that I will actually want to get. There's a part of me that's worried that I'm going to see the PS5 and go from a design perspective and go, that's so pretty. I want that under my TV. I don't care. I've got nothing new to play on it. I just want it under my TV. I, I want I, I want the backwards compatible stuff. The, the thing I want the most, honestly, is I want the PS4 themes to work on the PS5 that's because I love... I love my, my my Tetris Effect dashboard on my PS4. I love it. I'm like, just let me use that on the PS5 and I'll be happy. But at mm-hmm. the minute, there's nothing that's um, that's screaming to me that's going to make me get the PS5 uh, on launch unless they have like a new VR title for it or something like that. I'm still waiting on that that definitive thing that will make me get a PS5. I'm not going to get a Series X. Uh, I don't. Right. Since I've got a PC, buying an Xbox is completely redundant. So uh, I'm only wait. I'm waiting for for that. Something, yeah, they need something. I mean, it's it is weird. Like, I think they, I mean, there was that whole there was a recent interview with uh, Hiroki Totoki, which is like their um, I think he's like the head of their engineering department, and he was being asked, like, hey, you know, you guys are playing it pretty quietly, you're sort of got this kind of more considered rollout, and he was like, just wait for the sales, just you just wait and judge us by our sales, which like is um, is probably gonna you know come true. Um, but yeah, I think they could do with some sort of head-turning reveal, some sort of game reveal, something like that. Um, my assumption is that after The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima get out the way, then you'll I think they'll go straight into it. Um, I just think that they don't want to do too much too fast in terms of, you know, without the sort of, I, I guess they could confirm backwards compatibility and say, hey, look, don't worry, this will work or whatever. But maybe they don't want to just eat into the idea of PS4 availability by doing too much too fast with the PS5. Um, next question from Dot Pone. I think a bunch of us got tagged in this and it kind of blew up last week. Um, who was just saying, uh, this generation we've seen the rise of photo mode in, in uh, our favorite video games um, to the point that it's a featured highlight of game presentations. It was in the Ghost of Tsushima one. Um, do you think it's a feature that every game should have in the next generation? Um, I absolutely love photo modes. Um, I think we talked about them on another podcast actually, but I might have just been thinking of the replies I gave the guy on Twitter. Um, but like, I don't know if you guys get so caught up in pausing every two seconds just to reframe the camera like going back through the last of us like every single scene i'm like oh that would make a cool screenshot and that'd be a cool mm-hmm. thing but all i end up doing is taking like 100 shots and then deleting them off the ps4's system <laughs> on top thing anyway and um, but where do you guys come down on photo modes in general 
Yeah, I love a good photo mode. I remember um, when Metro Exodus came out and all I was doing was just taking photos every five seconds because it was just a, such a beautiful game. And um, yeah, and I was just was so proud. Like, every time I took a picture, I was like, Sam, Sam, come with it. Look at this picture I've just taken. Look at my <laughs> lovely background now. Look how pretty it is. Um, I mean, I don't know if it necessarily needs to be in every game, but it is nice to kind of um, have that option to be able to. And, and I think it, 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 enables, it enables you to have that appreciation for a game when it is so pretty because you're not just taking pictures for the sake of taking pictures to be like oh look at my armor look at my my character or look at this you're taking pictures because you are just blown away by like wow look how pretty this is like like you said wow wouldn't this make such a brilliant screensaver um so yeah just kind of chucking that in there to sort of see the fans appreciation for your work um mm. I think is a good idea because yeah, just, uh, you know, being, it must be so nice as a developer to be tagged in all these pictures of people being like, look at this lovely picture I've taken. Wow. What a beautiful game. And just sit there and be like, yeah, I make that. Like, yeah. (laughs) Thank you for appreciating. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. It doesn't necessarily need to be in every game. Mm, Probably not, but I think Mm -hmm. it is a really, really lovely feature to have. Rich, considering how much like um, stock you put, like, you, know, you have this incredible PC and stuff, do you spend a lot of time scrutinizing texture detail and stuff like that? Funnily enough, um, the only photo modes I've really put any significant time into were Spider-Man PS4, which, mm. as Gersten said, there's something that the developers love seeing those images, like on Reddit and on Twitter. The images from that game that people are making are still getting like so much attention mm. um, because that photo mode is so damn good. And I put a lot of time into that one. And I did somewhat into Forza Horizon 4. But interestingly, I don't always jump to to photo modes. As much as I'm someone who loves like compositing that sort of thing and making really nice images and stuff like that. It's just stuff I do. I've weirdly not put as much time into those things as, as I thought I would. I've not put I've not touched the Doom Eternal photo mode at all. I'm too absorbed in the gameplay to think, I oh, know what, I'm going to pause here and take a picture. I think mm. once uh, once Denuvo's gone from the PC version, I'll actually play the game again. I might actually <laughs> have to give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I agree that, yeah, photo modes are great for, for just, you know, the share button on the, the Xbox One and PS4 basically pushed developers to say, okay, we need something that people can share that aren't just video clips and gameplay because that's going to yeah. get really boring. So a photo mode in games that deserve it uh, would, would have that kind of clarity or fidelity or or visual styles to to warrant a photo mode Mm -hmm. then by all means give it to us apparently there's one that was removed from half-life alex which is a real shame because that game is gorgeous i wonder if they Uh, took it out like you would be able to see because sometimes when especially in doom eternal for example when you put the photo mode on um (laughs) loads of the like uh, muzzle flashes and stuff don't line up with where doom guy is um, and because it's kind of it's more where your perspective would be so sometimes when like it's a first person game and you put the photo mode on it kind of breaks everything Um, and i wonder if that was the case with half-life if you would just see like two floating hands in the yeah i think that's (laughs) what it is because then obviously with doom eternal and alex they don't have a full 3d modeled um Mm player model so yeah you are literally just hands in alex or just <laughs> arms as you are in doom so um that probably has that probably has made things difficult for them but it'd be mm. nice to see him put it back in but i yeah mm. i think photo modes should be present in the games that need it if you've just got like a pixel platformer mm. obviously not really as useful but yeah yeah anything else then by all means give us give the players that extra bit of not it's obviously not gameplay but it's more time into the yeah. game mm. give them that creativity to make things same with um, super mario odyssey i mm. actually took quite a few pictures in that as well 
I forgot about mm. that. Yeah, I forgot about that game. The thing is, like, what Kirsten said, like, it takes so long to put these things together that, like, it's a good way of celebrating the art teams and the art direction in something because, like, your know, crunch is a massive thing, the amount of different assets it takes to make a AAA game, like, just being able to sort of just stop for a second and take it in. Like, mm. that, yeah, I think they're a worthwhile thing. Um, Even though sometimes first time through a game, I'm getting way too distracted, pausing every two seconds. Like, <laughs> maybe make it, like, an end game unlockable or something. Um, That would be cool. Next question from Nicholas Coombs, who says, with the success of Overcooked one and two and moving out is out as well um what occupation should team 17 tackle next um i don't know if you guys have played moving out but, yeah amy amy and i streamed that on twitch early this week it was the first so time hard. i ever played it it's so fun it's, <laughs> I, I would i would say that moving out ranks like like a billion times higher than overcooked i really? love overcooked but moving out is so much more a it's more fun mm-hmm. uh b it's um a lot more accessible compared to Overcooked. It's nowhere near as stressful. Mm. And something for me and Scott, if you press jump so many times, occasionally your character will fart. So <laughs> every time I'm getting back in, I'm getting I was back just in. killing myself laughing. My little cat just as he as he jumps around. <laughs> moving out is moving out is amazing. If you've not played it, you should totally okay. try it. I tried the demo and just thought it was really hard, but like I, I just need to try again because we just, we, uh, yeah, me and my wife played it and we just couldn't because in, in moving out, it's you know physics based thing. You're dragging different pieces of furniture to a specific goal, which is the moving truck, um, and then they also add obstacles in like different roads. It, it turns into Frogger and them and um we just couldn't get stuff to like throw it in the right direction and it was all like because it was physics dependent things were falling in the water and i was just like oh this is i wasn't getting on board with it but kirsten have you tried overcooked or moving out i've tried overcooked yeah that's a good like uh, thing what i love about these games is that they're such a good like couch co-op game to play with like your friends and family to just like bring everyone together and just have Mm. like a proper good laugh um overcooked was brilliant i still haven't played moving out it's on my list like Mm. i literally as soon as i saw the trailer for it i was like that looks brilliant like we have to play that and i've still not done it i've got it downloaded it's there it's ready um so yeah i've i've got that on my list hopefully um over this weekend i might be able to sit down with my partner and we'll have a good go at it um because I'm, I'm up for a good old jolly time but yeah i just i love games like that um me and jules recently played ember which is quite um similar mm. where it's like your players like a firefighter and games like that they're just so funny just taking something that's just either mundane or something that's quite a serious job and just completely completely just turning it into something so stupid and silly mm. is just it's brilliant so um yeah i don't really know what they could they could probably tackle anything next really like they could just they they could make a game about literally watching paint dry and it would be hilarious <laughs> i like the idea i don't know if you guys played a totally reliable delivery service but that is yeah. like a physics-based take on it's pretty much just death stranding by way of gang beasts like it's everything's you know super physics based and it's it's like it's buggy and stuff but like it's fun enough um but yeah i think those like those things that are so physics dependent for me it's such a fine line like i i got sick of overcooked because it reminded me of working retail it literally reminded me of working in argos like in the stock room i was like oh god i don't want to be you know so um contingent on like customer orders and stuff but i like the i like the idea of the core of it um rich do you have any particular like i don't know jobs you would apply just, this stuff just to? thinking about it i would i'd love to see them doing like uh almost like a, a safe for work um viscera cleanup detail if you've ever seen that game <laughs> yeah. just like do it do a cleaning game kind of in mm-hmm. the same way that moving out is like okay you're literally moving people out of the house but in the same in the process of things you're breaking all the windows you're wrecking everything just imagine <laughs> that it's like yes we've yes your everything in your house is broken but everything's very clean so yeah. maybe <laughs> something along those lines of, yeah just thinking of like a, a service job that could be a very work shiny pile of garbage a bit silly but yeah maybe, maybe clean, maybe clean cleaning out 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would up. back something like that. Yeah, I, my mind went into some sort of like stockroom type thing, like using forklift trucks and launching like a fragile package from one end of the warehouse <laughs> to the other one. And there then maybe are that's serious games like that through. that already exist. There's one called mm-hmm. Robots Warehouse that's just yeah on uh, mobile, but I know it's mm-hmm. out on like Switch and stuff. So, but yeah, a, a fun version of that could be quite good as well. <laughs> There's something else on Switch as well, and I can't. I think it's called Got the Job or something like that. Um, that they showed as part of the last Nintendo Direct that was like a guy going for a job and then yeah, like bumbling through like a um, like an office environment and breaking everything. Um, it's kind of like its own little thing now. This sort of genre of like super <laughs> physics heavy, everything goes wrong simulator. It's kind of like Job Simulator in uh, yeah. Yeah, by Alchemy, like mm-hmm. it's that kind of style. I was just thing. about to say, I love Job Simulator. Just yeah, just taking something that like people can relate to and being like. Like you said, Scott, like, oh, yeah, I remember working in retail and having that sort of job. But then <laughs> making it, like, so fun and giving you those options to be, like, when a customer comes in to be like, do you know what? Oh, this is something I've always wanted to do. So See, I, just, I just... wish, like, in in those games, if there was a bit where every now and then a customer comes up to you all red-faced and you can just slap them, I would take yeah. slap the customer <laughs> simulator. Because we've retail all been there. simulator. Yeah, that would be yeah. brilliant. Just, you know, have retail sort of, like, sim. Karen Defeater simulator and I'll, I'll take them on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates Fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Not to worry. The uh, yeah, next question from Trotty XD, who says they've been playing through um, GTA San Andreas on the PS4 and it got them thinking about why haven't Rockstar remastered any more of their games? Um, surely people will be happy to see them um, and those games should hopefully be as perfect now as when they came out. Um, what do you guys think of that? I don't know. I think, Rich, you, did you not play the old GTAs? 
I've played very little of the GTAs. The mm. only one I've ever put really substantial time into was five, and that's playing through the the campaign mode, the story mode. I've never really got into GTA Online. Mm-hmm. I've always seen Rockstar as a very progressive company. They're always looking forward rather than looking back. So I know that True. they've done like mobile ports of their the GTA games, and they've just re-released. Um, they did a VR version of Eleanor. VR version of Eleanor, yeah, yeah. and they just did a release of GTA four on their rockstar yes. launcher that's mm-hmm. what i was thinking of but they never seem to do the remasters and things and i think as much as it'd be cool to see that i think because obviously there's so much of um of gta 5 that's based that's got um is it is it from san andreas where yeah like it's like Los Santos the same things. environment so they've, yeah. they've kind of done that as like a spiritual successor so the idea of remastering it, it i think it's it's one of those games that the charm of it would have been removed with mm. it being remastered because seeing something like gta um, San Andreas in that sort of less like more polyagonal art style done in the style of GTA 5 I feel like it loses its I it, it's sort of um, it's yeah it's iconography to that mm-hmm. era like I, I think it should stay as is if they do like upscale ports which they've done with the PS4 ones that's mm-hmm. probably the best way to do it it's the same it's the same treatment I'd give to something like Simpsons Clinton Run or Time Splitter yeah. Um, you, thing, you just um, leave it as it is, but just upscale it, make it work on modern systems, mm-hmm. and just leave it. So I don't know if you guys saw um, Crash Team Racing uh, in the, the in the in the remake one, um, Nitro Fuels. You can unlock the original polygonal model of Crash, but it's not identical. Mm. It's sort of like cell shaded, and it kind of looks like PS One, but it's modern. I would love that style to be applied to a ton mm. of PS One games, like Ape Escape and whatever else. Um, but I don't know if, if uh, Rockstar wouldn't want GTA being outwardly con- cartoony, um, even though it kind of yeah. was cartoony back in the day. Um, but Kirsten, when you come down on the old GTAs, would you go back to them? Well, here's the thing. I've always been more of a Saints Row gal, to be honest. Um, So I... Yeah, oh, brilliant. And um, so, yeah, I never really played any of the GTAs. I'm aware of like um, how good San Andreas was um, story wise, as well as um, Grand Theft Auto Five. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just just they never really appealed to me. I like having that sort of like being able to sort of character, you know, having your own character that you can customize and that sort of stuff. So they just didn't really appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, it is. It seems like the year of remasters uh, so far. So. It could work, think, you know. They might, they might jump on the bandwagon, but I think, like um, Rich said, it's it's having that nostalgia and that um, just the way it looks. Like that's why it's enjoyable. That's why mm. people go back to it is to sort of sit there and be like, oh man, I remember how good this game is. It hasn't changed, mm. and yeah, just I don't know. I don't really know if it would work. Um, My whole thing as know. well is like I don't know if it's just because I grew up with the PS One, the N sixty four, like a polygonal, really early attempts at three D graphics mm. that I have a nostalgia for them, um, and mm. I love really pristine HD polygons. Like when I got my N sixty four, I got an HDMI like converter thing for it, and looking at Mario sixty four in HD, like I love that. Even though like I get mm. that people say it looks really bad, and like yeah, the faces <laughs> on like you know GoldenEye or Metal Gear where they're just one flat face <clears throat> on like a square <laughs> head, I get why that looks bad, um, but I still have like a nostalgia for it. But I I would want them mm. to play into that if they were going to redo it or add some sort of like pc texture pack if you ever search vice city you know 4k texture or whatever people have already done like, uh, like lighting and skybox mm. mods for it which look fine but yeah if you rebuilt the entire game in the same art style and graphical fidelity of gta 5 i think it loses why mm. people care mm-hmm. about it yeah i think they'll do something new like 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 you said rich like gta 5 is pretty much the the remake quote unquote of san andreas it's just mm. that it's a whole new thing but the same similar environments um and that rumored wise that's apparently what gta Six is in regards to Vice City. Um, next question from Shinji Rajabli, who I hopefully got your name right this time. <laughs> uh, who says, "What do you think? Um, now that we've seen the demo for the Unreal Engine Five, um, could mid-tier P 
PC hardware handle new games with that engine. Um, since he submitted that, we have seen there's a recent report from a couple of days ago saying that even like a mid-range laptop can handle Unreal Engine 5. Yes. Um, but Rich, where do you come down on this stuff? Because there's been a lot of thing about, um, obviously we did a podcast talking about um, the Series X reveal and the PS5 SSD stuff and how, mm. you know, the change of SSD is like put, put PS5s well ahead of computers, which is a bit of a stretch to say the least <laughs> there is thing is there is a lot of truth to that statement that the ps5 is using ssds properly because they're right like they are taking an ssd's um speed and architecture and using that in the in production with the games hence why they're, they're saying the games will be amazing on ps5 and i'm not going to dispute that because PS PCs have just used the extra speed of a P of an SSD to to load things quicker. That's basically mm -hmm. what it does. But if you're going to be utilizing that speed and making it a, necess a, necess a necessary part of the hardware, then you can play mm -hmm. up on that. With obviously PCs being so modular and so freeform, you don't have that power. Um, but as for the Unreal Engine stuff, it was interesting to see that I think PC Gamer did a report to say that they were taking like mid tier um, laptops with mm -hmm. you know relatively okay GPUs and saying, "Yep, yeah, it's running it fine." So. <laughs> I think that puts into perspective where these consoles will be because they keep saying, you know, the, the PS5 is going to be equivalent to an RTX 2080, to which mm -hmm. I say that's utter bollocks because <laughs> my, 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 I have an RTX 2080 in my PC and that cost me the same amount as my entire last PC. Right. They're not cheap. So yeah. to say that the PS5 is going to be doing that kind of power and being equivalent to it at a price point of what, $400? I think they'll go as far as. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, it's rubbish. I think they can, I think they can they can make things look really really good, in the same way that you can make older games look really really good. Like so if you take something like what Scott and I's favorite game ever, you take something like Split Second. If you said to somebody that was playing on Xbox One, they'd believe you because that game yeah. is really good looking for the time. Mm -hmm. You can take those engines, you can do so much with them to make them look really good, and say, look, this looks like it'd be running on a 2080, but in reality, it's not. So. Mm -hmm. The the Unreal Engine demo is fantastic, and it you know seeing the 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 was it voxels they switched to or triangles, triangles, triangles. Um, seeing all of that running in real time, and and the fact that as we, I said on this podcast before that they're opening up the ceiling to 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 people to developers to do whatever they want with this to do the whole dreams thing, um, mm. it's fantastic, but. Again, they'll always be limited consoles. As much as they're saying they're going to be like better than all PCs, mm -hmm. they are still limited to the price point people will pay, and that will limit mm -hmm. the resources they can use. So yeah. I'm not going to dispute that the PS5 uh, and the Xbox Series X are looking like fantastic systems, and they're finally going to actually give people their money's worth and stop using old crap from forever ago in their mm -hmm. hardware. Uh -huh. um, the idea that this is like well ahead of PCs is a bit it, it is a stretch. I think that's gonna I'm, be not big... saying, I'm not saying that you should negate everything they've been saying so far because they have made some incredible strides and it is genuinely exciting to see where they go. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just as I said, going back to the point, the fact that a mid-tier laptop can run that same demo at the same time kind of goes to show where they really are in comparison to PCs. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to sound like the big <laughs> consoles are rubbish because I don't, I don't <laughs> hold that. I do not hold that. No, I think they're just going for something because it's always that conversation, especially considering when the PS4 and Xbox One came out, it was like, okay, when they launched, they're already behind that year's PC graphics cards and everything. So I think they're just, they're, it's always a conversation of like, can you launch a console that is ahead, quote unquote, of the PC market? Um, so I think it's just getting caught up in that, even though, like you said, the reality of it is that, you know, PCs are so much more modular and they're going to get way further ahead, way quicker if they're not already. Um, <clears throat> and also the Unreal Engine, I guess they've made it so it can be downscaled effectively, like it can run, you know, it's going to be used 
used across the board. It's not a PS5 engine. It's it's going to be on everything. So they're going to need it to work on everything. Um, Kirsten, I know so little about PC stuff. Do you have anything to add to this, or are you the same as me? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I've only just really started getting into like PC gaming and everything, um, and I am really enjoying it. I've actually not played on the Xbox or the PlayStation in months, mm. um, so I'm really having a good time, and I can see the difference. Um, so, yeah, saying that the new console is going to be better than a PC, I'm with Rich. I don't understand how that can be possible. Um, if they are at least even on par, I think would be even a stretch. But, mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. I am excited to sort of compare the two and sort of see how smooth and how crisp everything is looking and how well it plays. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I think it is a little bit of a, a stretch to say that they are going to be better it reminds me of all the like ultra hd full hd super duper you know there's the different buzzwords and marketing and things like that there's <laughs> going to be a lot of those conversations going around for the rest of the year um a second last question from i brought a lemon to a knife fight great name <laughs> um, <laughs> he says that Ooh. we talk quite a lot um, about demos being good for the industry um do you think it would benefit the developers and players if completing a game's demo meant that you got a discount on the game itself sort of like a loyalty reward um, that would definitely benefit the consumer, but there's no way that any publisher would sign mm. off on that because they be, as much as that would be good for the player, um, that makes no sense. Unfortunately, <laughs> the, the idea the idea of the demo is to get people to pay the full price because they're at yeah. least getting mm. a rough idea of what they're going to be paying for. Mm -hmm. As much as yes, in practice, that sounds like it would make sense. Like I remember having this debate back in sixth form media before the Xbox One and the PS4 came out because there were, you know, as per usual, there were all the rumors that the Xbox One and the PS4 weren't going to come with disc drives. Mm. And they were saying, well, because it costs less to produce the games because they're not making discs and plastic cases and so on, the games themselves will be cheaper. And it's like, no, they won't. Because that's going <laughs> to benefit the consumer, but not going to benefit the... Um, yeah, they want the money. Producers. Yeah. They're going to bump everything up higher, which they do with digital distribution. So, mm. yeah, a demo discounting the main game sounds like a great idea. But in theory, yeah, I, I like the idea when you you play a demo and you unlock something like a skin or you unlock some sort of like early XP boost or whatever things that can transfer over on the player side. But yeah, the uh, the gaming industry is too money hungry and would never that we, everybody would just play the demos and then all the, like then the final retail price would get lower and whatever. It's um, it, that's a really lovely idea, but the um, mm. most of the industry's companies wouldn't agree. I mean, that's Although about yeah. unlocking stuff within the game, the Iron Man VR demo came out yesterday, mm -hmm. and if you play that, you get a new skin for Iron Man in the game which I don't Ooh. really understand because it's a VR game. You can't see <laughs> I was thinking it. that. Yeah, it's like some lava. <laughs> There's in your arms and your hands, but you can't see much further than that unless you can just mm. see it in cutscenes. But how would a cutscene work in VR? I need to try the demo. <laughs> <laughs> like like Kirsten said, it's a lot of mirrors. Um, but yeah, yeah, Kirsten, what do you think of the idea of loyalty rewards demos? Yeah, I think, like you said, having some sort of reward where it's sort of like, you know, yeah, we appreciate the fact that you've played the demo, so here, have a skin or a weapon or something. That's brilliant. But yeah, just getting money off of something that you probably most of the time have downloaded for free um, mm. doesn't make any sense. I understand if you've played, if you've maybe paid like 10, 15 pounds for like a beta and then you've completed that and then they've gone, oh, thanks, you've, you've bought the beta, we'll give you some money off the, the full game. Mm. Then I understand that. But when you're downloading something for free, which is normally only like max, like maybe what, half hour, 45 minutes of mm -hmm. gameplay. Um, and then to be like, well, I've, I've completed it, give me money off. It's like, but you got it for free yeah. so um yeah i understand to sort of like you know just to have that appreciation for someone downloading and playing the demo and be like thanks for that mate here have a skin like that's that would be good mm -hmm. um 
but yeah, I, I think it's a bit cheeky to to ask for money off. Yeah. Maybe in some sort of utopian world, we'd get discounts on games based on demos. So for the uh, last question, this one came from Jem Duduku, who asked about what is the best short game. Now you guys did that uh, on the other podcast. Rich has already answered that stuff. Yeah. So we'll just clip it. We'll talk about the best long games. How much or which games have you guys played that you've just dumped the most hours into so far? Anyway. Ooh. 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 On record Ooh. in in a shorter time frame. So far for me, that's surprisingly Planet Coaster. I've stuck nice. nearly 400 <laughs> hours into that game since it came out in 2016. <laughs> Just been building theme parks for 400 hours of my life. I love it. Or one giant it. theme park. No, 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 no. I built, I, built <laughs> okay. I built one. I've only, ever since that game came out, I've only built one park to completion. Right. Because um, I put a lot of time into my into my parks. Like, the, like so much so that I, I go so heavy with my theming, my finished park runs at maybe 15, 20 FPS because there's so many. <laughs> that's what I want. That's what I wanted to see you do. That but that's, that's, that's the thing that I've put the most time into. Like, th- those are the kind of games that I love putting time into. When a game just expects you to put time into it, just, mm. it's kind of how I saw um, Horizon Zero Dawn, which I was so excited to play. And mm. it was like, oh, by the way, open world, go do some meaningless stuff. I'm like, mm. well, now I don't want to play you, and I've not right. been back to it. So, <laughs> if a game so is long, if a, I know it's good, but if a game is long, <laughs> give, let let me make the decision to put the time in. Don't expect me to put the time yeah, in. Yeah, I think sucks. when stuff defaults to like, oh, it's 200 hours long and it gets good after like 30 hours, it's like, oh, that's a hell of a time investment. Um, mm. Mine would be, we did a chat face on this a while ago, but my the most time I've ever spent in anything ever is The Witcher 3. My save file is like 620 hours, um, which is just ludicrous, to wow. be honest. But I just, that, that game was my 2015. Um, and then since then, it's just been Rocket League and uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. It's just a couple of games every day. Uh, Rocket League is on some ludicrous hour count. I've kind of I haven't checked it for a while, and I don't want to. But I check <laughs> that. Uh, I play that every single day for a few matches. Um, Kirsten, what would yours be? Have you have you got a particular thing you live on? Oh, it's got to be Oblivion. Oblivion is just my baby. I have played that from the moment it came out and I still play it now. I still go back to it. And like, you know, when you just sort of like someone mentions it or something reminds you of it or you get like the memes where it's like um, the bloody guards and stuff. Like there were so many memes Mm -hmm. on the Oblivion guards. And as soon as I see something, I'm just like, oh, I need to go back and play it. And no matter, it doesn't matter when I play it or how long for, I just always enjoy myself and I always seem to find something new I don't understand mm. how after so many years I still come across things that I'm like oh I don't remember this being here before like, I don't th- I've never come across this before um oh, it's just a brilliant game it's mm. just a game that just keeps on giving and to be honest I don't think I've ever actually checked how many hours I've put into it but I know it's a <laughs> lot um and now I'm kind of scared to to look at how many hours I've put into it um but yeah I'm gonna have to find out that I think and share it on Twitter and, and let everyone know because yeah that's a good few years of gameplay and like mm. continuous gameplay there um oh it's just brilliant i was gonna say skyrim but then i just remembered i was like no i'm still playing oblivion man <laughs> i remember oblivion being like the first big deal when people were just living on oh. that thing if you combined all the elder scrolls that would be like a yeah. few thousand hours like for me it, my my oblivion is skyrim that was the one that i really latched onto mm. um but elder scrolls in general back when bethesda were like oh. on it um, though they absolutely nail it, even on the Fallout side too. Um, so mm. yeah, you guys can head over to uh, Twitter, use the hashtag WCGP to let us know different questions and thoughts and whatever you'd like us to get to in the coming weeks. For now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Rich Hudson. Thank you for listening. And Kirsten Rea. Thank you very much. I'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.